0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the A Few Good Puns podcast. My name is Jordan Haddo and I'm joined as I am most weeks by Stuart Thompson. Hello, Stu.
1: How's it going, George? It's uh, a bit lonely this week, just the two of us.
0: It is a bit lonely. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was used to having a, a few more voices in the chat, but uh, that's all right. We'll, just like old times.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. Be a bit, bit less chirp in the background without thinking, <coughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's
0: right. We might actually be able to get a word in each now. Um,
1: <laughs> interesting weekend of
0: footy, Stu. What were, you, what did you think?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, much like last week, just uh, loving, loving having footy back. It, it's good. A few, a uh, few close games. Few interesting results. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that later. Some we definitely didn't expect, but uh, overall, good, exciting, relatively entertaining. Week of footy, I think.
0: Well, I feel like we should get on the front foot here and just straight up say how our lock of the week did not work out very well. Um, Terribly, it was terrible. The Canberra Raiders and Ricky Stewart are—they're are, on the naughty list. They're not receiving a <laughs> Christmas card from the podcast this year. Um, that was Definitely disgraceful not. from them on Saturday night.
1: Um, um, yeah, can't agree more. There, um, I'm sure Hamish, who has featured on the podcast before, would have been stoked with the result, but he's probably the only one I reckon. Probably lots of punters around Australia losing some money on that.
0: Yeah, like it was impressive from the Cowboys. We'll, we'll get into them in a little bit when we go through our uh, recap of the games, but I just want to sort of start off with what we learned from the weekend. Um, yeah. What was something that you sort of learned from the weekend, Stu? Uh,
1: so, one thing I learned, um, and it's probably off the back of my uh, punting results from the weekend, and is that it's uh, it's never too late for a team to cover. Uh, one of my... I think my lock of the week last week and one of the ones I was really up on was the uh, Storm to win by more than three and a half points. And um, as you said, we'll get into the recap of the games, but that looked home by all money halfway through the game and um, the Rabbitohs just came back to cover and they weren't the only team. Rabbitohs, Dragons, Warriors all kind of came back in their games to cover. Um, and I just think... Uh, it's um
0: Well it's as, someone, way,
1: it, as someone that had bet on the Rabbidos
0: line, I thought I was done after about 25 minutes.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I think it, it it really brings home to me that points, particularly this year, um the there's much less points being scored this year and there's much closer games this year. Um a sneaky little stat for you off the bat, George. Yeah, uh, let's go. So it's been the lowest average margin of victory through two rounds since 2010. Only 9.18 points per game is the margin so far. So lots of closer games um, and it just nails home that if there's any any teams that are given lots of points by the bookies, it's uh, it's always tempting.
0: It's, yeah, and it's interesting that you say that because I think we've noticed with the, even just through the opening two rounds with the rule changes, how much closer the games are and how much more defensively orientated they are.
1: Um, Absolutely. Even the
0: Storm racing out that 14 0 lead after about 25 minutes, they didn't score another point or didn't score another point until extra time. Mm. Um, yeah, so I. I can definitely think that leads into something else that we learned, which is probably something that a lot of amateur punters get sort of sucked into is betting on the overs. I think we're sort of going to focus going forward, at least for the next few weeks, on trying to look for where we can exploit those unders. Mm. Um, most of the under bets are sort of hovering around the high, <coughs> excuse me, high 30s to low 40s mark. And we've seen a lot of games hitting the unders so far, I think over the last for, over the first two weeks.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's um I think it's a bit of a psychological thing as well. No one really likes to bet on the under. You you want to cheer for points, you want to cheer That's for right. teams yeah. attacking footy. Um and it's the same in every sport. Um you see it in the NFL, you see it in Premier League. The the overs are always or the line total total points line is always a little bit inflated. Yeah. Um apparently 53% of games actually hit the under historically in the NRL, so it's always yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, a, a margin there. Um, oh. And I was having a look at the, the total points line just for this week as well. And it's average is around, it's hovering around 40 points. But I can't, I don't know the exact figures. The first couple of rounds, it felt a lot more than that. There were some games that were nearly 50 points um, was the, the point total. So maybe the bookies are cottoning onto that a little bit with the low scoring and reducing that down. And look,
0: we're, we're not immune from that either. I can recall us at the Knights game on Sunday, both betting on the over for points. So <laughs> Absolutely, we did. And we were cheering for lots of
1: points and it wasn't happening, particularly from the Tigers end.
0: No. Um, yeah, look, we'll get into the Tigers later. They were very, very poor. Um, I think something else that uh, we both picked up on is um, with the COVID Laws relaxing around the country, obviously, with, you know, crowds coming back into stadiums. We are sort of seeing, especially at those suburban grounds, um, a bit more of a home ground advantage coming into play. Um,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you and I were at the Knights game. It definitely felt like there was a bit of a home huge, ground advantage yeah, there. Um, crowds hopefully making a bit more of a difference. Um, a few more supporters out out and about would be obviously great. And another thing that I learned this
0: week is that it's not a good idea in fantasy to draft fourth injured players for your team. So, uh, anyone, <laughs> any fantasy draft listeners out there, um, not a great idea.
1: I I'm jump surprised it took you to uh, <laughs> halfway through the week in, uh, after two rounds to, to get to that, George. i will talk all to that I'll before say, the season.
0: All I'll say is it's uh, not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we've still got, I think we've still got, what, a good 22 weeks to go or something, something like that. So... Playing the long game here. We'll see how we are
1: uh, in another six Sounds weeks. like something that someone who's 0-2 <laughs> would say.
0: Oh, look, I've picked up a couple of good waivers, so I don't know. I might be sitting all right after this week, but we'll see how we go. Um, I want to jump into your hero of the week, Stu. Who'd you have?
1: Radio. Um, bit of a left-field one. I don't reckon you would have predicted this. And so I wrote a name down here first, and then I've gone back and changed it. But my... Hero of the week is Joey Johns, the Eighth Immortal. <laughs> um, that is my
0: favorite. I wasn't expecting that.
1: I originally had Jake Clifford written down here. Um <laughs> and I almost had Jake Clifford as my hero of the week last week as well. And I changed it last minute. Um and I was going to keep it as Jake Clifford, but I thought that underrated Clune a little bit. Um, so my way of tying them both together was to to give it to Joey. Um Clifford, first two games, he's got six Dalian points from the two games, so man of the match in both games. Knights are two and two. Um, And between the two Knights halves, they've got two tries, four goals, two try assists, two line breaks, one line break assist, nine tackle busts, about 1,000 kick metres and about 200 running metres. And I think they've both been probably close to the best version of those guys that we can expect um, so far. So pretty... Pretty toey on them early, early in the season. I think they're managing the game well. They're defending well as well, and they look dangerous when they've got the ball in their hand. They're both running pretty well and taking the line on. Um, You're hundred percent right. Um, so I- is, I'm, a, I'm giving some of that credit to Joey.
0: Oh, I think that's completely fair. I think this is sort of as we said in the preseason podcast. This is the best case scenario through two rounds that we could have expected from both those halves. Um, we we said for the Knights to hit their over or to be you know more than just the also ran this season, we needed Jake Clifford to take a step forward. I think through the first two rounds, it's clear to see that he has. Um, Mm. Clunes just sort of, as per usual, just goes under the radar, but he, he seems to do all the little things right, doesn't make any glaring mistakes, and so far has been a really good compliment to him. We both said that that was a, a trap game for the Knights going into Sunday against mm, the Tigers. Definitely. Um, but they stamped that out within the first ten minutes of the game. There was the t- look. You can say what you want about the Tigers; they weren't really a threat at all. But the Knights just shut down everything they had, much like they did to the Roosters the week before. And it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game on Friday night when they come up against the Panthers. But um, I think, and we'll get into it later on as well. But I think we both sort of like the look of that Knights team going to Penrith and being more than competitive.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um I'll touch a bit more on Joey as well and why I thought to give him this accolade uh rather than the guys actually playing the footy. Um I thought so he was correct me if I'm wrong but he was the sp- uh, halves and spine coach at Parra last year or the last couple of years.
0: I'll have to I'll have to uh <laughs> I, I'm fairly sure he was and
1: and I mean those guys were pretty insane. You can mm. see some pretty young great halves and I mean Marney as well. Um, through the spine there. They were doing really well and um, arguably not as hot to start the season. I know we're only two rounds in. Um, and Joey's had a similar role for New South Wales as well um, in the background, and obviously that's doing really well. A um, couple of little uh, stats for the night so far this year. Just uh, taking advantage of this hot start and uh, cracking these out early because I don't know how long they'll last, but they're first in <laughs> point differential, second in set completion. Fourth in run meters, fourth in offloads, third in line breaks, and have committed the fourth least errors. Um, so, pretty well rounded display from the Knights to the start.
0: And it's interesting that you bring up their set completions and things because that wasn't really a massive issue for the Knights last season. Like they were completing their sets and they actually did, generally speaking, have good field position and good opportunities to score points last season, but they just didn't have the polish outside of or anyone not named Kalen Ponga to do anything with that field position. Um, this this season, I think we can see the whole back line just looks revitalized. I mean, Dane Gagai is in career best form at the moment. I know it's only two games, but he, he just can't be tackled. I think he actually leads the league in tackle breaks at the moment.
1: Uh, I recall you saying multiple times on the weekend that he's got spiders on him.
0: <laughs> I was telling it to, uh, who, to anyone who would listen. Um, <laughs> Dominic Young, as we touched on last week, just looks like a guy that's finally finding his feet in first grade. He looks good with the ball. He's you know coming out of our own end, or coming out of the Knights' own end, I should say. Willing worker. His defensive uh, sort of awareness has improved a lot, and I think that's got a lot to do with Gagai as well. And even on the other side, um, Bradman Best and Tuala, they've started the season a lot better than they had defensively last year. Um, mm. You throw in the fact that Caelan Ponga didn't even play in round two, and I think this is a Knights team that's sort of... If you told me before the season in round two they're playing without Pong and do you think they'll win? I probably would have told you no. But I think they're sort of starting to become maybe less reliant on him to score points, and it's more of a collective team effort.
1: Yeah, well, definitely. As we were both at the game on Sunday, and we we're talking, I think Saturday night. We were like, oh, we're we keen for the footy, and we both kind of had a similar reaction. We were a bit, a bit uh, concerned after the news that came out that Caelan Ponga wasn't playing, Mm. we weren't sure how the Knights were going to respond to that and um, weren't as enthusiastic about them getting the result. But they played... it didn't skip a beat, really. Tex Hoy didn't do too much with the ball, but he was solid back there. He didn't make any mistakes, and that's all that really needed to happen. The Haas led them around well, and I mean the Tigers weren't great, but... Yeah,
0: I think it's important important to say that the level of opposition was pretty disappointing um, as far as the Tigers go that round one game against Melbourne they looked good for a half and since then they've, they've basically played one good half of football and three poor halves of football um, mm. I'd be concerned if I was a Tigers fan there's some some pretty bad signs going forward for them
1: I'll give you Definitely. my hero of
0: the week, Stu. Yeah, podcast, we better
1: not uh, just make this a night's <laughs> podcast. We better move along <laughs> a little bit. Unless, unless maybe that is your hero. I won't, I won't step in your
0: face. No, no. Um, look, I don't think my hero of the week will come as any surprise to anyone that knows me uh, or here the, we go. the podcast. Yeah, but it's, I already know it's what this is going to be. <laughs> Nicholas Hines. Um, I thought he was excellent. I thought he was so good for Cronulla. Now, I will say he did make a couple of couple of costly errors. He uh, one poor defensive read and missed tackle that sort of let Parramatta in front late in the game. But the way that he sort of is directing this team around, the way he's setting up tries and sort of him, Moylan and Kennedy are just all interchangeable on both sides of the ruck. And it's, I think it's leading to a, an attack that's going to be pretty dangerous going forward, especially now that Cam McInnes is coming back. But the reason I have him as my hero is to miss three kicks and then to come back and kick the last one to win the game. I think that shows some pretty good resolve. Um we saw – look, I was close to giving this spot to Luttrell. He missed three kicks and then comes along and kicks a 40-meter field goal to tie it up and send it to golden point. But I don't think we can have our hero of the week be someone on the losing end.
1: That's exactly so, um, what I was going to say. I think if uh, <laughs> the Rabbits saw out that result, then Luttrell would have been the first name on both our pages.
0: I mean, that – that's exactly why they brought in that rule for the 40 forty-meter field goal. Like that was, that's probably that was probably the most exciting thing of the weekend. The trail line. That would have gone through goal. from sixty. He it was
1: an amazing, absolutely kick. nailed
0: that. Um, but Yeah, so Nico Hines gets it. He's touching the ball plenty around the ruck. He's getting involved. He's starting for a guy that's. This is basically his second game as a halfback in first grade. I think he's well ahead of where we sort of expected him to be.
1: What do you think? As much as I don't want to eat my words, I'll, uh, I'll, I, I do rate him. He's been getting, like you said, he's getting a lot of touches on the ball. Um, and he is starting to got that team around. I'm still reserving judgment, uh, cause I'm not willing to, to admit, uh, I'm not willing to admit that he's, he's great there just yet, but <laughs> I, I do, I do like him as a free player. I think he's, he's doing well there and the sharkies look pretty decent. I think they have still got a fair bit more to give, um, but they're looking, looking good so far.
0: Yeah, and look, it was an interesting game against Parramatta, um, and we'll, I think we'll touch on Parramatta a little bit more later on. I still have high hopes for Parramatta for this season. I think it's just hard for them at the moment with all the injuries to their outside backs. There's just no no depth there. Uh, we saw this week they missed out on signing Jermaine psycho which would have actually been really handy for them. Absolutely. Um, but really, just, they had a lot of field position in that game, Parramatta. Um, and they were in a great spot, but just couldn't get. I think the only try they scored was from about thirty to forty. It was a ch- little chip kick over the top from Moses.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Otherwise, I think was it all Did they score. How many tries did they score? They scored a couple.
1: I think it was four tries. The two. Yeah. It was. It was <laughs> much closer than it should have been. Partly due to the goal ball kick, they but... had
0: on the Cronulla line. I think that's where we saw the outside back injuries really uh, really come home to roost for them. Hmm. All right, hit, me to, with uh, your, uh,
1: hit me with your villain of the week, George. I'll let you jump in first here. All right. it's
0: interesting. I've got two. And two for two very different reasons. I think we sort of already touched on the first one, which is uh, the whole Canberra Raiders team. They were okay. Abusing.
1: This is why I've thrown it to you because I knew, I, I had a feeling that you would have a similar one to me. I've gone Ricky Stewart, which I don't know if I can necessarily blame him, but uh, Canberra Raiders probably encapsulates it pretty well but I knew you would have a, an even bigger gripe than me, so I wanted you to say it first.
0: Yeah, look, we I, I saw no scenario of them losing this game. I know they lost Josh Hodgson to an ACL injury. Now he's out for the season as well. Um, but they were just awful. They just dropped so much ball. Uh, that was very sloppy. Uh, and the Cowboys really won that game just on the back of being more willing to sort of roll the sleeves up and get into the grind. And the Raiders, just every time, you started to think that they were building some momentum and getting themselves into a, a good position to sort of get back into the game. They just, yeah, they just yeah, look more um, or there'd be, there'd be something go wrong and it's, it's a tale that we sort of we sort of saw enough of last season for the Raiders and I'm starting to wonder if there's signs that it's going to be another frustrating year for, for the milk.
1: Mm, just discipline, really. Um, they only completed 18 of the 32 sets, 56%. You can't win a game no. completing like that. Especially not a game if- on the road. No, 15 errors, eight penalties conceded and a sim bin thrown in there as well. Um, It's just, yeah, discipline lost them that game, I think, Um, and probably ruined a lot of punters' (laughs) pockets and multis around the nation. It certainly ruined
0: my uh, betting weekend. Um, My other villain of the week, as I said, I had two, and look, didn't want to be too critical of this guy but uh i gave it to katoni Stags just for ruining that try
1: i've got him written
0: as <laughs> well that was for that exact reason that was an um, unbelievable bit of improvisation from adam reynolds that was so yeah. that was just so clever and to not be able to literally fall over the line and ground a football when you're paid x amount of dollars to do so is uh, wow. a little bit unforgivable further to that he didn't really have a big game katoni um which I think resulted for you in a good uh, good fantasy outing for Herbie Farnworth, but the Broncos were definitely Herbie had
1: a great game. Yeah. yeah,
0: definitely more more keen to go down the left edge to Farnworth than they were to go down the right edge to Catoni Stags, which was a little bit surprising. Obviously, one mm. game into the Reynolds experiment, or not experiment, but the Reynolds uh, era. Um, so I don't think there's any cause for concern there. I think they'll eventually click, but yeah, I just thought it was a little bit interesting that they only. I think I read a stat that they only went down Catoni Stags' edge, or Catoni only had like eight or nine touches.
1: In that game. Yeah, I think, uh, so I've got a stat here actually, Reynolds loving the left edge, nine touches for Stags versus 19 touches yes. for Farnsworth, and Farnsworth ended with two tries as well. And look, I think um, a little bit of that falls back
0: on, on the player as well, like if you're Katoni Stags, and I know he's only a young player and he's got all the talent in the world, but you sort of want him to start going hunting for the ball in that sort of mm, scenario I think.
1: Yeah, um, I've got a couple of, uh, I haven't got too much to say about them. Uh, but a couple of backup villains of the week because I had a feeling that you might have stolen mine there, which you did. Um, <laughs> Matt Lodge uh, only played 21 minutes and still managed to be physically sick while on the field. <laughs> First game back of the season, poor bloke. Uh, I could channelling Me I like, there, I think that, that, that would that would probably be me if I was playing 21 minutes <laughs> in the NRL. Uh, and my other my other nomination is the guy that's uh, in control of the the speakers at McDonald Jones Stadium. <gasps>
0: Yes, I didn't even think of this. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you brought that up.
1: George was absolutely fuming the whole game on the weekend. Every single chance uh, the Knights, whoever, whoever's in charge of the speakers, every single chance they got to uh, blare some music over the speakers, they would, um, and it was infuriating. It took away from the atmosphere. George, I'll let you. the. I'm going to try not to get too wound up here
0: because, you know, I'm trying to keep this a civilised discussion, but... Really, like, it just ruins the atmosphere. Like, every single mm. time there was a pause in play, like, even just a, a kick that goes into touch, we're playing 10 seconds of a song. I just don't think it's necessary. Like, the, you had 24,000 people just about there on Sunday afternoon. Mm. All you want to be hearing is the crowd noise and the atmosphere. Uh, fair enough, you have a grand announcer to announce substitutions and things like that that come on through the game. But I just think it it's so Americanized and it's such a plastic sort of uh, forced atmosphere that the NRL are trying to. And look, I can't even say if it's the whole NRL. I haven't been to any games outside Newcastle for a long time. But especially in at McDonald Jones Stadium, I just thought it was just rubbish. Just uh, let the fans enjoy the natural atmosphere of other fans yelling at each other and uh, the sounds
1: on the field. Yeah, exactly. I think you touched on it there. I think the it felt forced. The forced atmosphere was what got what got me. It just felt, yeah, it it just wasn't wasn't right. Hopefully they. Um, I'm sure there's, I'm little, sure there's and...
0: plenty of uh, big power brokers in the NRL that listen to this podcast, so I think uh, you'll, you'll <laughs> see some change going forward. Definitely. <laughs> um, all right, well, we might just dip into a little bit of a recap of the um, games and then we'll, we'll go into sort of <laughs> mostly where went wrong in our bets. Um, so we we sort of touched on that uh, Storm and Rabbits game from last week. I Actually, my biggest takeaway of this game, other than the rabbit are sort of coming back late and the trail sort of finding a little bit of form there, but I thought Cody Walker was really poor.
1: Yeah. He looked, he genuinely looked bad um, to the point where uh, Jack Robards has got him in our (laughs) fantasy fantasy draft comp. And I'm sure we're all bad, bad mathing uh, young Cody in the, in the group chat. So I've uh, tried to snake a trade in there for him thinking I can get him at low value, but, but he's not given in there. Um, yeah, he looked he looked poor. He made a number of errors, and I don't know how much of that you can attribute to to Reynolds not being there. Um, but I think yeah. um, no. This is a twofold part here. If I had to tell, if
0: I asked you, how old do you think Cody Walker is? What would you say?
1: I wouldn't have a clue, to be honest.
0: He's a lot older than you think. I have, for some reason in my head, I thought he was in his late 20s, but he's 32. Oh, I was
1: going to say late 20s, yeah. Yeah, he's 32. Yeah, right.
0: Um. Which, so
1: not so young, Cody. I should which, say that.
0: And look, I know he came into first grade sort of in his mid-20s, so he's not as experienced as most 32-year-olds. But for a guy that has had quite a fair bit of top-level experience, it's sort of surprising to see, and again, this could just be a bad patch of form, but his game sort of, I don't want to say falling apart, because that sounds a bit extreme, but... Definitely, uh he has been letting the rabbitinos down in the last, in the first two weeks um, yeah i wonder
1: I wonder how much of it's what, I, I noticed in particular when he was rolling out towards the left edge, um, which is an area where he'd usually be dangerous and he's thrown what a key intercept last year and then one in round one. I'm wondering whether' that's, whether it's a bit of a psychological thing. he seems to be over. Overthinking and overplaying his hand a little bit at times, um, rushing decisions. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm wondering whether it's a psychological thing, just the dip in form. Hopefully, hopefully he can bounce back shortly. I think, you've, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think I think he's a bit
0: gun shy after throwing two straight intercepts in that grand final and then in round one. Mm. I mean, it, it can happen to a half once you start doubting whether you need whether you should be throwing that pass, and you just have to hold that ball that split second longer. And we saw mm. a couple of times when the ball was getting to the trail, he didn't have any time to catch and pass. He's just batting the ball on because he's the defense is right in his face. And that's probably due to Cody Walker being a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger on those passes, sort of making sure that he's not going to get intercepted, excuse me, mm. before he's throwing them. Um, so that, that's a good pickup there, I think. Um, and the Rabbitohs need him to find some confidence because yeah, Lachlan Ilias has probably it's been a pretty harsh introduction to first grade. And it doesn't really get any easier for them this weekend either. No, yeah. or next week. Yeah, so it's it's a very tough start to the season for the Rabbitohs. Um, I thought uh, the Storm were, I thought they were really good in the opening twenty-five minutes. I thought that they just looked clean and crisp. And then when you thought they had the game won, and you typically would think the Storm would see the game out from fourteen nil, they just sort of got a little bit sloppy and nice. um, a few sim binnings, and the Rabbitohs managed to get themselves back into the
1: game. Almost uncharacteristic from the Storm to, to let a team back in like that. I think usually they're they're very methodical and pretty good game managers. Um, yeah. So it was interesting to see the Rabbits come back into that one. Yeah, the Storm were hot out of the gates though. Um, Nelson got two strips in the first five minutes. I know, right? His uh, our fantasy
0: score would have been very inflated after that.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> um, and they looked they looked like they were going to put forty on on the Rabbitohs. Uh, and then. Yeah, I guess they kind of slowly worked their way back into the game. Um, I'll be interested to see
0: what what version of the Rabbitohs we get against the Roosters on Friday night. Um, Mm. Because, yeah, an 0-3 star. I mean, look, we know that Manly were 0-4 and still managed to have a pretty good run into the finals last year, but I think that's more the exception to the rule rather than the norm. So you you want to get a win on the board very soon if you're the Rabbitohs. Uh, We'll move on to the Dragons and the Panthers. Panthers running out 2016 winners. Yeah. this was, I don't know, this was a, an interesting one. The Panthers' line was pretty heavily favoured towards them. I can't recall exactly what it was, but I think it was pretty close to double digits. Mm. Um, and a couple of injuries and ended up being a bit of a close one. What did you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I still thought Panthers were good. Um, Coruscant and Isaiah Yo were still incredible. Um, Isaiah has looked- been close to the best forward in the game
0: through the first two weeks.
1: Definitely. I think I mentioned earlier in the pod that uh, Clifford's on six Dalian points. I think Yo is the only other player yep. on six as well. Um, so two men of the matches from him. He's been great. Um, kick-out, doing kick-out type things. Two, <laughs> two tries in the first half, looking great, and then finished the game with a few errors. And, kick-out is yeah. the ultimate like high-ceiling, low-basement guy. You yeah. Just,
0: he can be unbelievable at times and then at other times he would just make the most boneheaded mistakes or miss tackles or what have mm. you.
1: Um I'm pretty sure early uh Jaden Sewer got sent to the bin for the dragons and uh Panthers put on twelve quick points in that period. That's pretty classic from them, just um being methodical and mm. and ruthless and just putting on those points and then yeah, the the Panthers. Uh the dragons, sorry kind of crept back into it uh, as the game went on. I want to ask you
0: a question. Are we are we worried that the Panthers squad is getting stretched a little bit too thin?
1: Um, yeah, I, th- I think a little bit, yeah. Um, Cleary potentially back this week. I know he's named in the reserves. I don't think he will be back this week. I don't I expect him to play. Still, I think he's probably still a week away. Uh, him him coming back will obviously be big. Um, but heard they lose. They lost Brian Toa. Yeah, um, so business
0: out for six to eight weeks with an MCL sprain. Um, yeah.
1: And they already had a few injuries prior right. to that. James Fisher-Harris, I think, is under an injury cloud as well. Um, and you'll see this later when we get to the panthers Knights game because um, that has factored into my my decision-making there a little bit. I, th- I mean, they've still got an incredible side. You they still do. look at their 1-17 and their the key two in the comp. The key Uh, thing for them at the
0: moment is that forward pack is just laying the perfect platform for for even for O'Sullivan to just be able to be comfortable and be able to direct traffic really well. mm. Um, Coruscant has started the season quite well also, I think. If James Fisher-Harris doesn't play on Friday, though, I, I think it could be a close one against the Knights.
1: I think so too. I won't. I won't give too much away yet while well, we're, we're still doing the recaps. But I, I, I think yeah, there might
0: be a might be a bit of value there. Information. I, uh, I think. I think, and mean, I think you touched on it. We were both wise in staying away on that one. That was a, definitely. It was, it was a hard oh. one to pick, and yeah. Um, moving on to the Roosters Sea Eagles game, uh, another another week, another quiet Tommy Turbo performance. Are you are you worried?
1: Um, not as worried as you should be. <laughs> <in> fantasy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. The seagulls always start the season a bit slow. The same thing happened last year. I don't like you said. I don't think that should be an indication of things to come. That's a bit of an exception to the rule. Um, and we all all know how good Tommy Turbo can be. But yeah, they're they're definitely starting slow.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure where I land on this one. In some ways, I'm I'm like am i worried about his opening 2 weeks because we've had the change to the rules where the game's not so open for the for the backs and mm. the games aren't so high scoring and we just saw how lethal tribovic was when there were tired defenders out on the field he was just able to you know sort of crawl across the field and he'd just find the tired defender and slice through for a line break i don't, I don't know, think he's yeah. going to get those kind of opportunities anymore i think we, what we're really realistically what we're going to see going forward is he's probably a little bit more human than last year implied Um, But I still, I'm expecting a a bounce back week for him against the Bulldogs. I think the opening two weeks for the Seagulls, I think it was the two coaches that he was coming up against that are the most likely to sort of be able to take him out of the game. Probably excusing Craig Bellamy. So like you're obviously coming up against Cleary and Robinson, two of the best coaches in the game. Um, And I think they just nullified really well. Um, You notice that the Roosters and both the Panthers are just real compressed defensively and just forcing him to try and go to the outside. and. Their edge forwards and outside backs are big enough and strong enough to just jam him as he tries to go across field, really. And they're, they're not as tight as uh, the defenders were last year. I thought my big takeaway from this game was, and I think we sort of tried to, we tried to do this as best as we could, was to not overreact to week one. And I think the Roosters were the perfect example of this. We said how they'd sort of struggled through the trial period, nursing a few injuries and things, and they were really flat against the Knights in week one.
1: I actually put a bet on this game. You may recall last week from the pod. Um, I thought I, I tipped the over here, as we've learnt, isn't the right thing to do. Uh, and I, I thought the first half would be a, a higher scoring half. That part, that portion of my bet hit. Uh, just, just missed out on the over. But I thought both teams were going to come, come out flying, um, and and be looking to bounce back. One team definitely did that. I thought the Roosters came out absolutely flying. I think they scored a try in the first couple of minutes, and and were a better team here? Seagulls, not so much. Um, they've they've got the opportunity to bounce back against the Bulldogs this week, I think. But
0: yeah, I I, I expect them to bounce back against the Bulldogs. I I think <laughs> we've probably harped on enough about the Bulldogs, but I'm not not really seeing any. I, I think I'm seeing a little bit more effort in defence, but I'm mm. not seeing a, a huge difference to their attack. They still look clunky. It's still the still a bit of a clogged toilet. Uh, Bulldogs attack, really. It's not... Uh... You, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, moving on to uh, to the next game. Oh, actually, one last thing. One last thing on the, the Roosters, Seagulls. I, I thought my last point on that was um, Tupanua, Satili Tupanua for the Roosters. I thought he was outstanding. Um, Incredible, The yeah. way they just kept isolating him on the edge, and he's such a big unit, and he runs so hard, and he runs such a good line. We've got... I, know we, I think we might have even touched on it last week about the fullbacks in the game, but geez, we've got some good edge back rowers in the game at the moment as well.
1: Absolutely. I, and I think, I mean, I, I don't know whether there's really been a shift this year, but I've just been noticing it so much more this year. Those edges are where a lot of points are coming from and yeah. they're so critical. Those back rowers getting in, uh, your boy, your running Sean good lines, Lane's getting making, getting good opportunities. Your boy Sean Lane
0: from the Eels making plenty of, uh, plenty of hay against the Sharks too. Sean Lane never heard of that
1: bloke. I don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Saturday afternoon, we had the Titans get up over the Warriors 20-18. to 18. Um, I have to say, I, I was actually out playing footy, so I didn't get a chance to watch this one. Um, didn't As catch, was
1: I, I, didn't, I also didn't catch this one. Um, I've kind of had, had a, a look back. What were your thoughts on it, George?
0: Well, I thought it was a good win for the Titans. I mean, obviously the Warriors, they're once again getting hit by the injury bug. Um, and I think they got... Couple more injuries out of this one. Uh, we did like the Warriors to cover though, um, mm. and I think they're going to be that. I think they're going to be competitive this year. I just don't think they're good enough to be a top eight side. But as far as the Titans go, we're seeing signs that their attack's quite good, and this was an important result for them to be able to grind out. I feel winning twenty to eighteen, uh, and it bodes yeah. well for him going forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. AJ Brimson came back, got uh, two dry assists, line break, line break assist, decent little little bunch of stats there. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. You mentioned it. You mentioned the, their attack seems to be clicking. I guess that's probably a factor of the young team, the young playmakers, um, Brimson Campbell. Um, and, yeah, they don't seem to have too many issues scoring points. It remains to be seen the whether they can defensively uh, grind out games. That's going to be the key against a good side.
0: I don't know defensively how much they're going to have to be able to grind out when the attack's not clicking. But I think mm. for the time being, I think they're, they're pretty box office. They're good to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Justin Holbrook's definitely brewing something up on the Gold Coast. And I think, uh, you know, as we said in the preseason podcast, they're all very young and very inexperienced. Even AJ Brimson is still very young and relatively mm. inexperienced. So the more game time these guys get together, I think they're going to be uh, looking good going forward.
1: Uh deals, yeah,
0: we sort of touched on a fair bit already. Uh, Sharks running out 18, 16 winners thanks to a Nico Hines goal after the siren. And it's a phrase that I was really looking forward to saying, so I just thought I'd say it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was some, I think we, we stayed away from this because we thought it was a close game, but there was some pretty good value for the Sharkies at home. And we probably, it was probably something we didn't really, we probably should have talked ourselves into a little bit more, as we mentioned with um, Parramatta's outside back issues. Um, Cronulla being at home, first game back at Shark Park for a good, I think it was like seven hundred odd days since they actually played there. It was mm. all sort of pointing towards a Cronulla win, um, but we sort of we stayed away. We were cowards and uh, we lined up to it.
1: It's hard. It's hard to know what to make of the Eels at this point. Yeah, um, I think from memory they just scraped a victory in round one and then just missed out this week. I'm not convinced by them. At this stage, and I think that's probably why I stayed away from this game going into it. I wasn't sure how, I guess, what version of the eels we we're going to get. Um, and I'm still not convinced on the sharks, but I'm I'm starting to come around to them. There, Nico Hines looked good. That's touch on the bandwagon, Stu. It's not too late. <laughs> You'll have to. <laughs> I'm probably a few weeks away. I'll say no, that. They, but, um, they've
0: still got it. They've got a. I think it's an important game for them against the Dragons tomorrow night. Uh, that they get up and they, they. I mean, it's a local derby. It's probably going to be a close game, but I think we'll get a good read on where Cronulla's at if they can sort of put a Dragons team that's not been too bad. If they can put them away, then I think that's a good indication of where they're going.
1: I thought Teague definitely. Wilton was excellent, and he scored the game uh, winner, the goal, a match-winning try. Um, big big fan of Wilton. Um, I think he. Made a few errors or gave away a few penalties in the game, but he's running some dangerous lines there um, and yeah. profited from it. Just uh, another match back
0: winner. rower, just doing his thing. Yeah, you're right. He did give away a few too many penalties, and the most notable of which was the uh, tackle against Mitch Moses after he kicked, which is why he's not
1: playing tomorrow night. Mm. I
0: think it
1: was, I, I think it's a one week suspension he got. Um, yeah, yeah, just the one week. He's in my fantasy team, so I'm well aware of how many. <laughs> uh, but Interesting. He got he obviously got the match winner there, running a good line, getting the short ball, but I was having a look. When I was watching the, the tape back as well, there was a lot of times where he actually created some room on the edge there by making the, that that same inside run and, and not getting the footy. There was one. I can't remember who got put in centre for the Sharks. One uh, of the it's big it's Yeah, and he, he had a breakaway there. That came off the back of a, a great run from Teague and, um and, and they had a bit of luxury on that left edge. They looked good. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you might know a bit more who, who's coming in for him this week. It'll be interesting think, to see how. I think it's actually Talakai
0: that's replacing him on that left edge um, yeah, for tomorrow night. Um, it's interesting too. I think he, he's probably an underrated fantasy pickup because they don't actually have another edge named on the bench. Um, so he'll likely play big minutes. Obviously you've got Nakora on the other edge. On the other edge, yeah. McInnes will play a few more minutes as well and um, Braden Trindle's back this week too. So it'll be interesting to see sort of how Fitzgibbon juggles that rotation going forward.
1: Where are they uh, where are they gonna play McInnes? I they, going forward when he when he's full fitness, um, one, where he's starting him, and or, or two, if he's going to continue to come off the bench, where, where's he going to get his minutes?
0: I expect long-term he's the starting lock and Fanukin moves to the front row.
1: Yeah.
0: I, that's where I expect him to be long-term. fanukin has been playing some huge minutes uh, early on in the season. And actually, Did you see that stat? I think Fanukin's missed like one or two tackles all season so far. He's made like 115. It's some I think he's challenge.
1: been one of the most underrated, <laughs> underappreciated signing this year. He's He's been great. He's um, such a good tackler. Like he just—he hmm. doesn't miss tackles,
0: and he, yeah, he's, he really is. Because that Cronulla defence was pretty poor. It was poor week one, but they, they definitely sharpened up a little bit in week two.
1: Is um—is McGinnis going to get any any time hooking? Do you think, or Blake Braley's going to—is he—is he an eighty-minute man, Blake Braley?
0: That's an interesting question. I, I think he's actually had a really good start to the season, Blake. Uh, he looks like he's worked on his attacking game over the off season. He looks a lot more of a threat running with the ball. service, both the Brayley's service out of dummy half in terms of their passing, has always been first class, um, and something that the Knights will probably miss with Jaden as well going forward. But I think there's a chance that McKinnis can play time at hooker as well. Um, Trindle can play hooker. I think what. I'm sort of starting to notice with what Fitzgibbon's trying to do at the Sharks is he's just having a lot of these interchangeable pieces that he can just move around and play in different mm. positions. There's a lot of versatility there, which I think is going to be beneficial for them for them this season. But, yeah, I think ideally for Braley, you you want him at about 60, 65 in the player, I think.
1: Yeah. All I'll say about McInnes is I hope he's uh, play the, on the field is better than his smile.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, is that, has he always had a missing tooth like that? I, I, I don't
1: know. I don't know. I've seen it, I've seen it posted around a little bit, so possibly not at my point.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the Cowboys and Raiders, which was, God, we missed, we missed this bet by 24 points. We had the Raiders plus four, sorry, Raiders minus four, I should say, and they mm. lose by 20. Um, they it it got just, blown
1: out in the end, I think, but yeah, it,
0: oof. Oof. If it wasn't for a good Sunday morning betting on UFC, this would have ruined my entire weekend. Um, <laughs> it was just such a such a disappointing gambling result. Obviously, we already mentioned Hodgson done for the year with that ACL, which is a pretty sad way for him to finish his Raiders career. Um, it's such a... I mean, he had that sort of two- to three-year period where he was considered, and I think rightfully so, one of the elite hookers in the game. He's done now probably does i think we've talked about this off air probably does give the raiders a little bit more clarity around the number nine position with tom starling all but locked into that role now
1: i think Uh, so i think i've mentioned it on the pod. i'm sure i was touting starling maybe a month in When, when hodgson was originally only predicted to be out for possibly a month i was questioning whether starling might even hold on to that starting role um and he looks promising at times, so I think having a bit more certainty in May long-term actually be a bit better for the Raiders. Um, but, again, I don't think that's an excuse going into this game. They knew Hodgson was going to be out, so really no excuses. Um, we, I think we mentioned on the pod last week as well, or it might not have been in reference to this game, but we said beware of the trap game. Yeah, This was 100% a trap game. It was. And we got trapped. We got well and
0: truly ensnared. mm. Uh, yeah, I think this is this could be just sort of what we get from the Raiders until well, and I, I think you would be hoping if you're a Raiders fan that when Fogarty comes back, this sort of uh, writes itself a little bit more in terms of their consistency. But just without a recognised half, I think week to week it's going to be hard to predict their form.
1: Well, I thought um, I thought Young Snyder was really good in round one, and then he got COVID, so yeah. he was he missed this game. I wonder whether whether there's anything there, whether. Having him out, um, I can't think of the the guy who came in to replace him. Uh, um,
0: started. Yeah, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But I can't, can't say,
1: didn't it? it? Possibly. I can't. Was um, it? Wasn't Schilling? Was it? No, no. I think he's he's a back. Um, but in any case, he yeah, I thought Schneider was pretty good week one. So he's back this week. It'd be interesting to see if he. Um. If, it, if that makes that half pairing a bit more stable.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's, um, I think having just a recognized half in there is going to make a big difference. Hang on, I'm just quickly looking up who was the uh, Raiders halfback. It's going to annoy me for the rest of the podcast <laughs> if I don't. Matt Frawley.
1: Frawley, that's it. It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs>
0: um, um, I don't think we have anything else to add on that. As, as I said, nah. the most disappointing result from the weekend for us.
1: My only uh, little tip, and I'd be asking this of Hamish Evans if he were on the pod: Are we underrating the Cowboys, or or is this just a one once-off? It. Like, it, is there anything there, or okay. really is this just a bad Raiders game, a once-off good game for Cowboys at home, um, or is there a bit more there?
0: So the, the the case for that is defensively that they've looked pretty good. Mm. Now you can. The obvious reply to that is they've so far played the Bulldogs and a Raiders team who couldn't hold onto the ball against them. But they've only, con- like the Knights, they've only conceded two tries in their opening two weeks. Yeah, and that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, I don't think we, any of us, would have expected the, that to be the case with the Cowboys at the start of the season. I don't think they've got the talent on the roster yet to make a big charge at the top eight or anything. But I think, and it's a good sign for Cowboys fans. I think they they might just be a little bit more competitive this season. Mm. Um, they're still not getting the most out of Tal Malolo and I'm not sure what they need to do to get the most out of Tal Just he just, doesn't just give him, him more player. minutes
1: that's, that's all I have to say just give him more minutes <laughs> they're only playing him about 50, 50 odd minutes each game yeah. give him give and him 60 tick him up a little bit if you can he doesn't
0: seem to me the same level of player that he was a couple of years no, ago and that could not. be due to the minutes restriction it could not be I'm not too sure but um, yeah I think they might be in for a more competitive uh, competitive season uh, we'll move along to the Knights and Tigers, which we already touched on. Um, Tigers, horrible, terrible, insert adjective here, just not good for them. Very
1: bad, very very bad. Uh, uh, I think eight the- errors, six penalties in the first half alone yeah. from the Tigers. Just- as much as I want to harp on about the Knights and say how good they were, I can't, in good good conscience, really do that with how bad the Tigers were.
0: I feel bad for Tigers fans, but I just there just doesn't seem to be. And I think I think the main thing is you look at that roster and you think who in that team, both like who in that team is getting a start elsewhere, and who in that team do you see being in a premiership-winning team? And I don't think there's
1: probably Luciano Leilua. That's probably my only
0: pick. <sighs> yeah, um, Dewey when he's I, fit maybe. Dewey, I think Dewey.
1: If they can get him back, what when's he in mid-season? Mm. If they can get him back, I think he'll be a big return. I for me they've almost overtaken the, the Cowboys as my pick for the spoon. Um,
0: the, the easily, the only area that the Tigers are coming first in at the moment is most tortured fan base because that, I feel so <laughs> sorry, fan base. It's just so defeating. Um, they can
1: they can take that from the Knights. The Knights have endured some, uh, yeah, some rough look, times over the last year. That's
0: very true. I don't think we have to add anything else to the Knights. I thought they looked good. Um, and we've already yeah. touched on that. So we'll move on to the Bulldogs and the my, Bulldogs
1: just the, from a punting perspective i i did hit my sneaky big bustling bradman best time oh, yes, that's
0: right you did too and uh yeah. we got very close to hitting our same game multi that I don't think we included on our spreadsheet but it was just a sneaky one we did at the ground it was just the over and mm. points didn't hit
1: no it was unfortunate you <laughs> had uh, i had bradman in, in as a try and you had did you have gaga i had gaga yeah yeah I, I, both obviously got on the score sheet so Good Day for the Knights, good day, good day. For, to be a Knights fan, definitely. Uh, Bulldogs and Broncos,
0: Broncos two from two to start the season, 16 10 winners. Um, I my biggest takeaway from this, and it, actually it's going to be reflected in my betting for this weekend that Bulldogs right edge defense, where it's I think it's Jaden Ockhambor and Braden oh. Burns.
1: Yeah, they look oh,
0: lost at sea. Yeah talk about yeah. reminding you of Dominic Young from 2021 it just mm. Jade is just a turnstile I think all yeah. three of the Broncos tries come from that edge
1: yeah well uh, Farnsworth got two and uh, I can't think who got the the third but um yeah we touched on it earlier lots of play from the from the Broncos coming down that edge 19 mm. touches for Farnsworth not sure
0: who to give the credit to that to for the Broncos. Do I give that credit? Do I suck it up and say that that was smart coaching from Kevin Walters, or do I say
1: that's Adam Reynolds coaching on the field? I'm giving it to Adam Reynolds. No way can <laughs> I give Kevin Walters any credit.
0: <laughs> but uh, it's a good start for the Broncos this season. Um, we we mentioned this before. This seat uh, in our preseason pod. The the rap on the Broncos was that this is a top eight roster. We're just unsure about the coach, and this is the ideal start for them. Two from two. They haven't you know they haven't looked like they're setting the world on fire, but they're, they're getting results at the moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. I thought um, in terms of the Bulldogs, TPJ was good. He looked like a man on a mission, obviously, against his old side. Um, but Broncos were just a bit more polished. I think that's more the Reynolds effect than anything else for me. I don't... Uh, he didn't necessarily get the stat line to show it, but I thought he was good Good on the weekend.
0: So my biggest takeaway from the Dogs, and I think I said this before, is their defence I think has definitely improved. They're they're definitely sort of in the contest more in these games. Again, we're not sure of the level of opposition that they've faced yet, but they look to be at least competitively much more in these games. I think, and I want to give a shout out to the website Rugby League Writers for this, but one of the things that I was reading and, and something that I also picked up watching the game was... They still lack a lot of organisation in attack. And I think that's due to their halves pairing of Averillo and Burton. Both players that I sort of like as a running half or as a centre mm. individually. But I don't think that's a combination that's going to sort of lead to a lot of points for the, for the dogs. I think they're too similar. Uh, I, I agree. I think, I think
1: both very similar players, yeah.
0: I know he's sort of much maligned, but I, I think the solution for the dogs is to... Try and get some confidence back into Kyle Flanagan, and have him as your seven, and Burton as your six, and then move Avarillo out to the centres. I think that's the best way going forward for for the dogs to look a little bit sharper in attack. They just don't have that organising half. Burton's got an absolute weapon of a leg on him, and can be a really useful attacking player, but I don't think he's in the right setup at the moment.
1: I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, yeah, I have nothing further to add on that. I think they're both. Very similar players. Um, I can't remember. I'm sure there was a team we were talking... Oh, I think we were talking about the Roosters last week where that was partly the concern for their halves. Walker and Kiri both a little bit too similar. Um, I think Kiri is happy to take the the reins a little bit more there, um, but I'm not sure Avarillo or Burton can really do that. No. I, I, and I, I think if you're struggling
0: to score points with all due respect, against the, the Cowboys and the Broncos of the world, how do you expect to score points against the top of the competition? Like the Knights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I think uh, I think we should jog on to our round three preview. What do you reckon?
1: Let's do it. Straight into it, I reckon. It's a big game tomorrow night.
0: Um, I'll be watching this one before I go to night shift. We've got the Dragons and the Sharks, a local derby. Dragons $2.10, Sharks seventy three. Line is one and a half to the Sharks, and the point total is 37 and a half. What are your early thoughts here, Stu?
1: Um, My only thoughts is I like the Sharks' value here. This is a closer line than I would have expected. I think uh, Dragons have showed flashes, still a lot of inexperience in that team, Um, but the Sharks seem a bit more rounded for me, and I think it's it's a bit, bit of value there.
0: Well, the dragons have also lost McCulloch. Uh, I think Moses and By coming in. I think he can be an effective player at times if he has a good game. I think they could definitely be in this one. Obviously, no Teague Wilton for the Sharks out of suspension, and Ronaldo Mulatalo out with a HIA. That means Matic comes back in. Mm. Mulitalo's a pretty good attacking player for the Sharks, but I still just like the way this is all set up for the Sharks to score points. Uh, I, I can see I can see a Sharks win here. Um, I've actually got them in a multi that I've just chucked them straight on to win. What about yourself? How, how's your betting reflected in this one?
1: So I, I just like the Sharkies on the line here. Um, I think we mentioned it on the pod last week. The great thing about Neds is they offer the $2, $2 odds on the line. No, no,
0: that's interesting because um, that I don't think they're offering it for all the lines anymore.
1: <clears throat> oh, really?
0: Yeah, I, I noticed that this line was $2, but some of the lines are $1.90, so...
1: Right, I'll think have to go and double double check some some of those then because yeah. I just like when the lines a dollar. Uh, sorry, when the lines one and a half points, it's pretty negligible for me. And I think I think that line should be more. I think the sharks should be favored a little bit more. And if I can get value at the sharks, uh, value on the sharks at two dollars, I'm going to take that. So yeah. I'm I'm chucking uh, two units on on the Sharkies line nice. uh, given. A point and a half to the Dragons. How much stock
0: do we put in the Dragons being competitive against the
1: um, Panthers last week? Um, I don't know. It's tough to tell. I think, I think the thing for the Dragons will be consistency. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to trying to cast my mind back to that game from memory. I- the Dragons came back. Back into the game late, didn't they? Correct. Um, yeah,
0: I like the Dragons to be competitive. And I think it will be a close game. I, I think if I, I think I like your bet of the Sharks minus one and a half. I, I think I like Cronulla between sort of like being a local derby. I don't think they're going to blow them out, but I think anywhere sort of between four to twelve points for the Sharks, I think is a good, good expectation of them to win this one. That probably means that the Dragons will win by ten now, but <laughs> definitely. All right, uh, next game off the. Off the rank is the game that we're all looking forward to this weekend, uh, the Tigers and the Warriors. Um, Tigers coming in at $2, Warriors dollar eighty-two. Warriors favored by one and a half, and the total points is 39 and a half. That total points at 39 and a half is just, I, I can't tell. Part of me is like, these are two bad teams going at it. Maybe they'll struggle to score points. And then another part of me is like, is this going to be a Tigers team that just folds quickly here and concedes a lot of points? What do you think,
1: Stuart? Yeah. It's the classic uh, is are these teams bad to the point where they can't score points? Are they bad to the point where they can't defend <laughs> and they'll give up lots of points? Correct. Could go either way, I think. Um, the, if the Tigers play like they did last week, I can't see Yeah, they're not them. scoring against anyone. I, I can't see them scoring and I can't see them defending. Mm. Um, they just gave, gave the ball away too much. And I think that... Will be ultimately what decides this game. I think ball security. Whoever holds under the ball a bit more, whoever completes their sets, is ultimately going to run out with it. Um, James Tarmour and Jacob Little return for the Tigers. I'm not sure what the result of the Hastings I think you got uh, three weeks. judiciary. Three weeks was it? Yeah. yeah, that was pretty. We're at the game. It looked pretty bad, um, so I'm not surprised by that. So he'll obviously be out. Um, and for the Warriors, Nick is coming in for an injured Ash Taylor as well. Um, so a couple of ins and outs for both teams. Um, I don't think it moves the needle too much for either of them for me. Um, but I like the Warriors here just after watching the Tigers last week. I just can't let myself not punt against them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I've, I've stayed away from this one, but I can understand your point of view there. So what um,
1: uh, you've you've just gone on the line, have you? I've gone on the line again, just a line of one and a half points. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's almost free value taken taken that line and improving the odds for the Warriors again. So I've chucked three units on that um, that one there. So very nice. All right. Hopefully um, that uh, that pays. Warriors <laughs> got us a good pay last week. So
0: well we are. We're both they can down. Back it up. We're both down after our round two. So we need to. We need a bit of a bounce back. Uh, next game on Friday night, we've got the Rabbits and the Roosters. Rabbitohs, $2.45. Roosters, $1.55. Roosters favoured by four. Another total of 39.5. I like the Roosters in this one. Plain and simple. Uh, I think they showed some really good signs against the Seagulls on Friday night. They probably took their foot off the gas a little bit towards the end, but some real signs that that halves combination is clicking. Uh, they're, they're just a solid team all over the park. Their forward pack still elite. They've got obviously James Sadesco and a, a pretty good uh, crop of outside backs to go with that. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Um, I think for me, for me, this one's a stay away. I just can't quite trust either team at the moment. They've obviously both had relatively slow starts to the season. Rabbits row in two, uh, and uh, Roosters started off in a pretty poor way against the Knights. Um, I think the roosters are definitely favoured for a reason here. I think that four point line is probably pretty accurate for me. Yeah, it's interesting um, I, that, you,
0: that you say that because that four point line's actually come into three and a half. There you go. So you I've go. and I've bet on this. I've chucked three units on the roosters at three and a half, um, and that that is a two dollar line on Ned's. Yeah. So nice. that's, and I've I've got the roosters in with the sharks in um my favourites multi for the weekend which I'll touch on a little bit at the end but yeah I just don't know if I trust that rabbitos attack to click yet
1: and I just don't know what what for, what version of the rabbitos are we going to get are we going to get the the that we saw round one and the rabbitos that we saw for 50 minutes last week or are we going to get the rabbitos that looked Hot at times in the last 30 minutes against the storm.
0: Well, the thing is, like, how much of that was the storm just having players sin binned and sort of not really seeing the game out as we'd expect them to normally? I still, yeah, I think the I think this is pretty close to being my lock of the week. The risk is at minus three and a half.
1: It's interesting. I, um, I think I, I was going to mention when we were reviewing the game earlier, um, I thought Cam Murray was. Really, he's one player that was really, really good for the. Oh, he's guys. outstanding, outstanding. He um, they, sh- I'm not sure what the reasoning behind it was, but they shuffled him onto the bench to start the game and brought him on after eight minutes. Which I don't know whether you bring him on after those first few hit ups take uh, after the heats out of the game a little bit, but he was one player that turned the game around for me. He was getting offloads left, right, and center. Has to have, uh,
0: has to have one of the quickest play the balls in the game too, Camari. It's like lightning. Yeah.
1: And absolutely tackles his heart out every Mm. week. Barely misses a tackle.
0: He's an absolute gun. Um, Yeah, I I don't really have much more to add other than I think the Roosters' three and a half is just really good value. I can't see them winning by under a try. Um, Obviously, you would expect the Rabbitohs to aim up, but I think the Chooks will be too good for them.
1: My concern with the Rabbitohs is if they don't win this week, they've got Panthers next week. Are they going to be on four?
0: I think there's every chance they might be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would expect going into the following week, that's going to be a rabbit. uh, Sorry, a Panthers team with Nathan Cleary back, which is going to be
1: wanting to bounce back after a tough loss to the Knights.
0: (laughs) Speaking of (laughs) Saturday afternoon, Panthers versus Knights. Panthers a dollar twenty-two. Knights four dollars twenty-five. Line is it's come in. It was I think it was twelve and a half earlier in the week, and it's coming to eleven and a half. Uh, the total points is 38 and a half. I'm going to give you the first crack here. What do you what do you think of the Knights in this one?
1: Look, we've actually uh we've spoken about this game a couple of times already this week um, behind the scenes and as you mentioned before the line started in at uh 12 and a half and has come into 11 and a half. I'm wondering if that's an indication of where the money's been been put. Um, I like the value of the Knights here. With that line, that that's just too many points for me. Um, the Knights have got probably Kalen Ponga and Daniel Saifidi coming back in, yep. um, barring any late exclusions. They've got given out, which I think is actually an underrated loss. I thought he was looking excellent to start the season and running some terrific lines on that edge. Um, I think if there's one but- area the Knights can probably
0: afford a little bit of Right, if they can afford to lose it's given I think it's that edge role. I think you can just plug in Mitch Barnett there. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's we've got we've got
1: three three yeah starters there oh, for me as, uh, a three, Barnett three, Barnett three
0: owner, as a Mitch Barnett owner. As a owner in fantasy, I think he's in for a bit of an increased role this week. He'll play some more minutes. Obviously, You'll be rubbing coming your hands back. together. <laughs> obviously, come, coming back is good for the forward pack. Uh, obviously, no clamor still for the Knights. Mm. Uh, but those the young middles that have been coming off the bench have been pretty solid for them. Um, the big thing for me, obviously with no Brian Toe, toe if James Fisher Harris doesn't play, it's a that is a bit of a blow to the forward pack. I think he's just about the best prop in the game at the moment. He's pretty close to it with Payne Haas. Um I think that could swing the pendulum a little bit towards the Knights. Mm-hmm. I for my betting, I've actually adjusted um, the line a little bit here. I've <laughs> gotten. A li- I might have gotten a little bit overconfident, but I've brought the line into nine and a half for the knights, and that's paying two dollars and five. Um, and I've put two units on that. So as I said, that line did come into eleven and a half, and on Ned's that that was paying a dollar ninety. So I've just i brought it into nine and a half, just shown the knights a little bit more respect, and I've Mate, that they up. deserve it. I think you and I <laughs>
1: have actually. Um, I think we've both got similar thoughts on this game and we've both tried to squeeze a bit of extra value out in different ways. You've you've bought that line in a little bit to to get a bit better odds there and I've actually just chucked it in a little bit of a two leg multi. I like the Knights line. Um I think when I looked at it it was 12 points so I've I've locked that in there. Yep. Um and I've taken the under uh in points here which as you mentioned earlier, it's 38 and a half. I think it's close to the lowest points total of the round, if not the lowest. Um, for me, they the big line on the Knights and the low points total just contradict each other. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're offering, if you're basically saying there's not going to be many points scored, how can you offer such a massive line? Are you, are you expecting the, the Panthers to win this game 18-6 or something like that? Um, I think the Knights have been terrific defensively. They've obviously not conceded many points, and I don't expect them to get blown out in this game. So I think I'm backing the Knights here to, one, keep it close, and two, keep it relatively low scoring uh, there. So I've chucked two units on the under 38.5 total points and the Knights with the 12-point head start at $2.70.
0: We're uh, we're really just just lining up all our uh, all our dominoes here to get really hurt we've, <laughs> we've, the first two weeks we have put the reverse jinx on the knights and it's worked and this week we're both getting on them and, and, uh, uh, i think we're i'm trying to,
1: i'm trying to listen to the lessons that we spoke about at the start of the pod. i'm trying to pick points pick teams that have got lots of points uh, and they can cover a bit easier and i'm taking the unders i'm trying to trying to practice what i preach
0: Speaking of taking unders, we'll go to the next one. We've got the Storm and the Eels. Uh, Storm a dollar fifty favorites. Eels two dollars sixty. The line is set at, I think it's five and a half. Uh, yep. Total points is thirty eight and a half. Now this, I've I've bet on this one straight up. I'm going to tell you what I've bet on here. I I like this game for the Eels. I, I think this game is just going to be played through the middle of the field. Mm. Is this is just going to be a forward, front row, middle slugfest. I think. Um, no Harry Grant for the Storm, which makes, I think, it's going to be harder for them to control the ruck with him out. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, not really sure who's going to play hooker for the Storm. There's a bit of confusion. I think uh, Taran,
1: Taran Wishart. I'm pretty sure I he's think.
0: out as well. So You're joking. Yeah. So they am not nervous. Um, like, oh, he's
1: got COVID as well, doesn't I he? I think
0: so, yeah. So a yeah. bit of shuffling around for the Storm with their top three hookers out. I think... I've adjusted that Eels line just a little bit. I've, I, I like to give them, I've got it out of six and a half just so I've, I'm, I've got that converted tribe buffer. Mm. So I've taken Eels plus six and a half and I've set the under for points at 37 and a half, um, which I think it is actually what it's gone down to as of right now. Oh, it's come those. down
1: as well. Yeah,
0: I think just with Harry Green out, I think punters are sort of sort of hitting that over. Oh, sorry, hitting mm. that under. So I've just chucked two units on that and that's paying $2.71.
1: I like that bet. I like that a lot, actually, Jordan. Um, Thank you. Because I was, I, I, was having similar thoughts. I was looking at that line of five and a half, and obviously, converted tries six points. So I was keen to take it out a little bit, but I just couldn't see the value in, in that in and of itself. So I like that you've you've taken that with the under as well. Um, I've just tipped the Eels straight up to cover. I think five and a half is still too many points. I think this is going to be a real close one. Particularly with Harry Grant out, the yeah, cheese is listed in the reserves, but I'm almost positive that it's going to be too early for him to come back. Um, and I think the Eels are fielding mostly the same side as they did last week. Um, so yeah i i could see I could see the Eels getting a result here, but I think they'll at least keep it close.
0: Well, this is yeah, it, I've just looked this up on Fox Sports. So Wishart's also been ruled out because he's a household contact of Harry Grant. Oh, there you go. So COVID uh, wreaking havoc on the on the storm. I there. mentioned
1: it last week about uh, the effects of COVID, and and exactly that. It's not just players getting COVID. It's if one player gets COVID and they're hanging around all the other players and potentially exposing them. there's, yeah, that's exactly there's potential that. for a few players to get hit in one go. Um, big. Big opportunity for the Eels to win
0: this one with all those play- with those players out for, for the Storm, and I just like them having a converted try buffer so I, th- I thought it was a no-brainer.
1: If this does go the way we're predicting, and it's another close game, this will be three close game for the Eels. Um, they just edged out the the Titans in round one, I think, and then they got edged out by the Sharkies last yep. week. Yeah. So, tough, tough way to start oh, the season for the Eels. been a really but-
0: tough, tough start for the Eels with all those players out too, but I still that forward pack, I'm just looking at it now. It's still it's still pretty elite.
1: Oh, that's great, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next game.
0: Uh, the Raiders against the Titans. Raiders $1.73, Titans $2.10. Line two and a half, favored towards the Raiders, and the total points is 39.5. Uh, Raiders get a couple of big ins. They get back uh, Nick Cotrick and Jordan Rapana. Uh, and I think Brad Schneider returns at half back for the Raiders as well. Titans same 1-17 to as the previous week. I don't know if Jermaine Osaka will suit up for them or not.
1: Mm, he's listed on the reserves. It'll be mm, interesting I'd, if he does. Yeah. I think, I, 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 think, I think it'd be a bit much bringing him straight in, surely. I think they'll give him another week before they bring him in.
0: I have this as a stay away.
1: I also have this as a stay away. <laughs> um, and I'm I'll not- tell you why. I just
0: don't trust either team. I yeah, can't...
1: I, yeah. In no good conscience, Can I rely on either of these teams? I'm at getting
0: all? to the point where I think the Titans are sort of becoming a little bit bankable in the in terms that I can I can rely on them to score points. I'm just mm. not sure I can rely on them yet for gambling purposes. I need to see a little a couple more weeks, and then I'm I'm happy to to start gambling on them a little bit more.
1: I, I think will, a couple more weeks, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's right. I just um, couldn't you mentioned couldn't. their ability to score points. George, surprisingly low line. I think, mm. um, given how many points Raiders conceded last week, and um, that's the fact the that here. Raiders actually have some weapons back in on the edge on on the wings. Um, thought it was a surprisingly low line with how the Titans have been attacking.
0: I think if you are going to bet on this one, if you are going to bet an over for the week, I think this is probably the one. Mm. Uh, but I'm still staying away.
1: <laughs> I agree. I, I'm also steering clear. The, the Raiders are well and truly on the naughty list. Absolutely. No Christmas cards
0: for them. Uh, we'll move on to the Broncos and the Cowboys. Uh, Broncos $1.53, Cowboys $2.50. Line is 5.5 favoured towards the Broncos, and the point total is 41.5. Uh, I think that's a great line to bet the under. I haven't done that myself. I've stayed away from this one, but that point total especially with the, the start of this season, the Cowboys and the Broncos both have been pretty solid defensive. I don't know why that line's so high.
1: Yeah, you, you touched on it when we were talking about the Cowboys earlier. They've actually only considered one try in each game, mm. or close yep. to. Um, yeah, I actually... That that bit of knowledge actually escaped me when I was um, putting my bet on for this. Because I, I do like the Broncos to get it done done here, I think. If Cowboys can back up last week, then that'd be excellent. I just don't see them doing it. Um, I think it's a bit of a trap game for the Broncos after a two and two and start. Yeah, and there's lots of reasons the Raiders last week. Um, I haven't I haven't gone straight on the result, but I can see I can see Broncos putting on some points here, and I'm assuming that's why that totals up there a bit. They're obviously decent favourites. Um, I've actually gone with uh, Kurt Capewell here as an anytime try scorer. Just trying to squeeze a little bit of value out of that, that try scorer. I was looking at the left edge for for the Bronx because, um, as we said, they love going there. 19 touches for Herbie last week, but not much value in in gambling on Herbie or Cobo on that wing. Um, but I like Kurt Capewell to, to sneak in there.
0: I wonder what the odds are for a Kurt Capewell field goal. Oh, <sighs> <laughs> after it was
1: the last week or the week before? The I can't even remember yeah. that. After, after that one, probably pretty pretty short price. We should, be,
0: we should be able to bet on if Kurt Capel will kick another field goal in his career.
1: I'd be probably betting no. <laughs> I
0: wonder what the odds not are. One,
1: not one as good as that though. Although yeah. when you hit it that well, yeah, surely maybe, you get I a mean, look in next time they need one.
0: He might he might uh push in front of Reynolds when it when they get in a close game next, you never know.
1: I'm uh, I'm sticking with my on this one. I'm sticking on my theme. I like to just chuck a any try scorer on, just one a week. I had br- big, big bustling bad Bradman best <laughs> last week, and uh, he got he got the snag for me. So Kurt Capewell is my picker this week.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh,
1: I've as I said, I've stayed away.
0: But you, you're right. It's it's a little bit of a trap game for the Broncos. Um, I'd like to think with Reynolds steering the ship now, we we're going to see a bit more consistency from them. But I'm just not ready to bet on it yet. Moving on to our last game of the weekend. Uh, we've got the Seagulls and the Dogs. Seagulls are a $1.28 favorite. Bulldogs $3.70. The line is the Seagulls by 11.5, which actually I think is coming to 10.5 now on Neds this afternoon. And the point total is 39.5, which I actually, again, think I was looking at this one this afternoon. I'll just have a look at Neds now and see. But I think that's coming to 37.5. 37.5. It's coming yeah.
1: right
0: down. All the lines are just coming lower and
1: lower, aren't they? So mm. they must have been listened to, uh, or looking into our notes before the play, <laughs> seeing that we were pumping the unders. You probably, right. um, yeah. So that mine's okay. sitting at 38 now, 38, mm. it's come, come down a so, point and a half. Is there any, uh, late team news that's forced that on? Cause as no. far as I'm aware, both teams are one to 17 as they were last week. I don't have any
0: late mail, so I'm not sure where that's coming from, but, um, yeah. I as far as this game goes, I like the Seagulls for a bounce back game here. This is this is their bread and butter last season, just beating up on the bad teams. Uh I think I've got the Seagulls for a big bounce back and I've got Turbo for a big bounce back. What do you think?
1: I'm staying away from this one. I just can't I can't trust the other team here. I've uh I've already I've already locked in enough bets for my for myself this week, and I'm I'm not going to trust myself gambling <laughs> on a team that's oh two that's against a pretty haphazard Bulldogs. I just right. I I don't know where to trust anyone in this game. Um, and while I think the Sea Eagles will get it done, I don't see the value in betting them. That's all right. Allow me to bet for both of us then. Um, Excellent. What I've, I've, so what exactly have you got here?
0: So I've included this. So this is my, I've put a three-leg multi on for the weekend. It's just my favorites multi. So I've just picked a few favorites that I like to win and I've just combined all the odds and put them all together. So I've got the Sharks, Roosters, and Seagulls to all win. And I've put yep. two units on that. And that's paying $3.90. Uh, I've that's also like done my long shot same game multi of the week, which I've got the Seagulls uh, with the 10.5 start, so minus 10.5. Tom Trebojevic, any try scorer, and the under in points, 37.5 to hit. I've just put one unit on that, and the odds for that are $8.90. So that is a lot, bit of a long shot. I sort of can see I can see some sort of scenario where the Seagulls win this game, like 24 to 6 or something like that. Mm. Um, obviously, with Tom Trebojevic picking up a try. Otherwise, yeah, I'd like the Seagulls to bounce back and hopefully get their season back on track. Get uh, Tom Drobojevic a triple figure fantasy score, and I'll be pretty happy.
1: What's. Uh, is there much to be said about the Bulldogs' defense? You, you mentioned that for me, they've got a bit more grit there than they have in previous years. They kept the Broncos to, what, 16 points last week, and, mm. um, and they conceded, what, four points the week before. Um uh, I I think the seagulls will do them. I just I'm not convinced about how much they'll do them by. Yeah,
0: look, I've only chucked one unit on that same game multi, but I do like them to win, and I've, yeah, put that into the main one. I think uh, I reckon we're, we're running pretty pretty good for time here. We might uh, recap all our bets. What do you reckon,
1: mate? That sounds good to me.
0: You can uh, you can start us off. All right. So I'll just read through them. We've both put on five bets for this week. Um, my current position, I'm sitting, after starting on 50 units last week, I'm back down to 48 um, with a couple of losses, especially that Raiders one that we won't go into. So I'm mm-hmm. a bit gun shy. I haven't put any as big a unit values on this week, but I've, I've, we'll see how we go. So I've got the Sharks, Roosters and Seagulls to win. Two units placed on that at $3.90. I've got my lock of the week, which is the Roosters minus three and a half. I've put three units on that, and that's paying $2. I've gone Eels six and a half. Plus, sorry, plus 6.5 and, and under 37.5, same game multi. I've put $2 on that at $2.71. I've also put uh, the Knights for the adjusted line at plus 9.5. I've put two units on that at $2.05. And then I've got the long shot same game multi of the week, which is the Seagulls minus 10.5, Tom Trubovic, anytime time try scorer, and the under in points, 37.5. And, and I've put one unit on that at $8.90. I
1: like it, Joids. Uh my running unit value is, again, uh, went down a little bit this week. I'm at 47.4, so down to about two and a half units last week. Really, that Melbourne Storm uh, not hitting that alternate line at three and a half hurt me. I had five units on that one, so I would have been up decent money if if that hit, but that's how it goes, I suppose. Uh, so this week... I've got the Sharks giving a point and a half to the Dragons. I've chucked two units on that at $2. Uh, similar, I've got Warriors giving a point and a half to the Tigers. I've chucked three units on that uh, at $2. I've just got a bit more confidence in. I guess I should word it as I've got a little less confidence in the Tigers than I do in the Dragons. I think the Warriors should do the Tigers. Uh, I've got the Knights getting a 12 and a half point. Head start against the Panthers and the under 38 and a half points hitting on that one. Uh, two units at $2.70. I've got the Eels with a five and a half point start against the Storm. Uh, two units on that one paying $3. Uh, no, sorry, they, they will be paying $2. Uh, and I've gone with a Kurt Capewell anytime try against the Cowboys paying $4.50. I've just chucked a unit on that one. Very nice. So, See so w- what did you say your uh, lock of the week was there, George? I my lock's the Roosters three and a half. I just I just can't convince myself to, to bet on that game. I don't personally. know if we're gonna.
0: The only other thing I think we could maybe agree on is that Sharks one and a half against the Dragons is a lock.
1: I, I like that one a lot. the The other one that we've got a bit similar. You've taken the the extra points for the Eels. We hmm. both we both like the Eels there as well. Um, they're, they're the main ones we're similar I mean we both we both like the Knights you've taken the points in a little bit but again that's a bit more of a risky one I think. That is a bit
0: more risky. I don't think I'm ready to have a lock of the week be against Craig Bellamy so I think let's go if we're going to agree on a lock I think that Sharks minus one and a half against the
1: Dragons I think so too. I think one and a half points it's not not many points at all uh, you, you might as well bet straight up on the result and getting the, the two dollar $2 odds on Neds is uh is pretty good i think definitely
0: all right that that about does it does it for the podcast this week um once again thank you for listening uh enjoy your weekend of football stew and uh we'll come back next week and we'll, we'll do it all again
1: thanks George. I absolutely will i'll uh, i'll talk to you
0: next week okay all right see you pal see ya